Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Presents Freddie Prince Jr., Jessica Beale, and Matthew Lillard. Three more garbage from you guys, and you're warming the sticky vinyl of a bus seat back to mommy. You got more nets, huh? Come on, kid, get up. I got it. You've been giving this gift. You get the start tomorrow. What the picture? Biggest game of my life. Why are you so scared? You want big rewards? You gotta take big risks. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a dynamite guest coming up on the VL pod. Due to coronavirus, this is going to be our second ever remote call-in podcast. Using new technologies, little Zoom technology to make this dream become a reality. First and foremost, though, before we get to that, housekeeping contact information here's how you get at us gmail vicarious living pod at gmail.com and on instagram vicarious living podcast get at us kids slide into our dms for all of our swag okay quick intro before we call our guest reads as this former spank master michael anthony c is a writer and musician living in sunny california where his work in the indie rock group Yoni, Thick Seven, and other various artists flies way, if not completely, under the radar. Which, as an under-the-radar podcaster myself, I totally respect. Just got that straight off Wikipedia, pretty much. But anyways, let's give him a call. Yoni, a.k.a. Mike C. Here we go. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> You're just screaming to nothing. Dude, I did. Uh, I already did your intro. Yeah. Right up yeah. on you. Um, I Dude. actually had another write up. I want to hear this come from straight from the mouth of the horse. I was going to say, um, oh, I was going to call out how this is our first celebrity booking on the VL podcast. <laughs> that shit <laughs> is true and accurate. First celebrity booking. Mike is an L.A. guy. L.A. musician slash actor slash romance novelist. Oh, wow. Uh, living in a 350 square foot garage, but still counts as an L.A. residing celebrity. <laughs> and then I had a couple other things. <laughs> yeah, I you think can. your write-up was better. I'm bummed yeah, I missed it. I really good. wanted to hear how that sounded coming out of your mouth. Yeah, anyways. All right, dude, should we get into this shit? Yeah. Should absolutely. we get in? I'm so fucking excited, yeah. 
By the way, I totally forgot to uh, mention in your intro, any li- live date coming up, right? Live date? Live date. We got a... Um... We got a show on June 10th at the Hi-Hat in Highland Park, Los Angeles, yeah. California, if you, you kids can make it out. Yeah. This is Yoni. Yoni, kids. At Yoni Music on Instagram. Yeah. Dude, give your shit. Where can the kids find you, dude? They want to download your shit. They go to what? Spotify? Yeah, you got Spotify. You can find us at Yoni. You can find another one of my bands, Thick 7, number 7. You know, my, my girlfriend, Bree and I, we have a, a really funny uh comedy video coming out so we're all stuck in quarantine right now we're not leaving our homes and we wrote a little a funny little ditty called quarantine angel that we're going to put a little music video to and release probably in a couple weeks oh dude kids are just going to be so fucking excited when that drops they are i'm salivating for it'll be my first music video i'm in ever in my life well you're 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 in the yoni video which you're dropping next week we're dropping on the oh flip. these are different videos mm-hmm. this is you're in the every dirt road leads to vegas video which i did that was your intro song played on this pod kids yeah. if you want to get at that what that's on spotify too every dirt road leads to vegas that's it that's it Damn. that video is gonna be tight and you you my friend are definitely in it yeah in your underwear yeah and then let's introduce you let's start off introducing okay you know, us and our, our dynamo, you know, I love it. I love it. The first thing I wrote down is you're one of the few people on the short list of people that I know that I've shared a kiss with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the woods. And uh, what was that? Oh nine or 2000. Was it after college? Uh, Yeah, that was, that was post-college. I was in LA. You guys, we went, we met in San Francisco and drove back down. And uh, we had a romantic night up in Fremont Park. Yeah, yeah. So I think the setup on that was there was nothing sexual about it. You started getting in my face. I got right back in your face. And you were just talking a lot of shit to each other. Magnetism. Yep. Sorry. Well, kiss. That was just one. Let's let's leave it at just the one pucker because it was was just one. It was the most pissed I've ever seen you get. Can't let that shit out. Got to keep it caged, man. Because you're so pissed that you accidentally kissed a guy that uh, you just stalked off, like just <laughs> stalked off, and just like ran over uh, to like a tree by yourself to just like gather Rude. your thoughts and think. Yeah, I had to think. Like, what the hell is something changing in me? Am I gay? What? <laughs> well, you know, truth be told, you're not the first guy I've accidentally brushed lips with. Oh, really? Yeah, Mixer. Another podcaster? No, not another podcaster. (laughs) You're you're alone in that. But uh, Mixer, freshman year, Trey Kelly. He turned at a certain time. I turned at a certain time. Whoosh. Yeah, touch lips. Yeah. There's nothing more disheartening than when you do touch lips accidentally with another guy. It's pretty defeating. Yeah, just because there's nothing there. And for like a split second, you just go like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the beauty of it. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. You could even no. have sex with a man. It doesn't mean you're gay. Yeah. Oh, dude. Suck a dude off. That's yeah. not gay. I mean, and the best if, part I've is, always said, if you've hooked up with more girls than you have guys in your life, dude. Yeah. Say it's like 47 girls that you've hooked up with and then like 44 dudes. You're so clear. The scales are clearly tipped one way. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Uh, just like Kinsey said, dude, all that stuff is on a, like a sliding scale anyways, you know? I believe in that 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Just waiting for the right guy. All right, dude, what's the movie we're doing tonight on the pod? We are talking about the teen baseball drama com Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel. Oh, my God. So when you threw this movie out to me, um, I wasn't pissed because I have like good. thought I have memories about it and they're good memories. Same. When's the last time you saw this, though? I saw it once and I think it was in theaters when I was probably in high school. I think I watched it. I don't know. It must have been with a girlfriend or something, but I was a baseball player. So it had a special place in my heart. Yeah. About a guy going to play pro ball on apparently a semi-pro team. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And you're both uh, Southpaws. And we're both lefties, yeah. which I realized this time. And uh, yeah, that, so I was like, fuck, man. Even th- that's where the line, at, that's where it ends. My similarities <laughs> with Freddie Prince I was, I was thinking that that's why you picked it, because I know you played baseball growing up and you were left-handed. So I was like, oh, and you were a pitcher. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's probably why. That was me in my notes. We'll get into him. We'll get into him in depth in our player breakdown. But uh, yeah, Complex. so Summer Catch, um, 2001. I wrote down here that you initially wanted to do the movie Pathfinder on this podcast, um, but it was overruled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd always trying to bring that one back up. BD. <laughs> that's, the, that's the last story I'll tell before we actually get into the movie. Uh, in high school, just so you can get an idea of what kind of movies Mike likes. I'd never seen um, it. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> we asked him... Um, what 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 would be one of your suggestions like one of your movie suggestions if we got to like stay in and just watch a movie with our bros yeah and mike he just kept pushing this movie pathfinder with carl urban i'd heard good things <laughs> and we watched it and i would say i just look <laughs> it up on rotten tomatoes i'm assuming pathfinder is rotten oh uh, i gotta see it i have to see it it's it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen Carl Urban? <laughs> I didn't know that was Carl Urban. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Star Trek. Yeah, I love Carl Urban. He's in uh he's also in uh the Heroes one on Prime right now. Fear you'd dig that. Oh, you're right. Yeah. The boy dude, the boys is uh I think the best show of the year. It's awesome. That it's show awesome. is amazing. Definitely the makes call. you feel weird inside. Yeah, it's like such a good alternative take on superheroes. It's just mm-hmm. like you don't see it that much where the superheroes are actually like the bad guys. And they're so bad. They're so bad. Yeah. Ugh. Um, by the way, Pathfinder. <laughs> 10, yeah, what is it? 10%. Okay. <laughs> okay. And even the audience only gave it a 36. I'm willing to take those odds. Yeah. So anyways, um, this movie, Summer Catch 2001, directed by Michael Tolan. Um, I just wrote down... This guy knows his way around teens and sports. Mm, Sounds like my kind of guy. He was an executive producer on all 10 seasons of Smallville. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And callback all nine seasons of One Tree Hill. Dude. So this is your guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I was saying, he's also connected to sports because he was a producer of Varsity Blues hmm hardball coach carter a couple of those espn 30 for 30 docs oh Damn. and wild hogs with tim allen ever Damn. heard of it 
Yeah, man. It got me out of a bad trip one time. <laughs> Wild <laughs> It really did. I actually did. saw that movie. Uh, New Year's, my uh, my girlfriend at the time and I had, had driven out to the woods and taken some psilocybin. And, oh, nice. uh, and at the end of the, I started going to a bad place and she threw on Wild Hogs. There's Travolta, Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, William H. Macy, right? Isn't that those four? Yeah, star-studded. Brought me right back. Just a bunch of actors. It was like... Uh, They're all the- my dads. <laughs> Yeah, there. It, it was an older version of like Grown Ups, where it was very cl- like you know how Adam Sandler will just like get people together who is, are his friends and be like, "Dude, I just want to hang out with my friends and go somewhere cool." Fuck it, let's make a movie. And yeah, that was clearly <laughs> what Tim Allen did. Where he's just like, "Dude, we're old guys. We're all having like midlife crises, but I just want to hang out with my friends and like do like a motorcycle movie." Like, fuck it. It's a weird group though. Like, who the fuck's hanging out with John Travolta on the side? masseuse yeah el masseuse he's a creep he's a creepy dude yeah and tim allen has you know i think i don't know i don't know much about tim allen maybe he had bouts with cocaine and alcoholism but yeah i don't know much about him either um by the way just speaking of tim allen i have a thing in here about jtt that i was just thinking about that connection that home improvement connection that uh, I want to get to on this, but um, yeah. Okay. That was the director. Now let me read the plot of this movie. So the kids, our kid listeners, they mm-hmm. can stay up to speed with what exactly this movie is. A coming of age romantic comedy set against the backdrop of the Cape Cod baseball league. Local boy, Ryan Dunn, FPJ. Now a pitcher for Boston college meets Tenley Parrish, Jessica mm. Beale the daughter of a wealthy couple who summer on the Cape. Ryan and Tenley fall in love, much to the chagrin of their families, <laughs> and specifically Tenley's dad. Oh, the God, dick. Melty. Yeah, X-Men guy, Melty guy from X-Men. Oh, yeah, yeah. yep. Um, while Ryan clings to one last hope of being discovered and signed to a pro baseball contract summer catch. So, so much going on. It's so much going on. Um, so much that you really only need to know two things because there's not much going on at all. <laughs> Ryan Dunn is trying to make it in, in professional baseball. And to do it, he's got to do this like summer baseball league in Cape Cod. And there is a fucking smoke show. Ugh. First name, Jessica. Right into it. Last name, Beal. And they have like a budding love romance in this movie. Okay. But I keep wanting to jump to player breakdowns. Just hold on one sec. Let's guess some rotten tomatoes here. What do you, what do you guess on this rotten tomatoes? You know, if I were to guess, I would give it maybe, maybe I'd maybe let it creep into the double digits and give it a 10. (laughs) You're going to say same as Pathfinder. Yeah. I'm going to get it equated with Pathfinder and say summer catch was a 10. Critics I'm gonna go a little higher. What are you basing this on? <laughs> I don't know. My loins. Okay, yeah. There's there are loin tightening moments. Yeah. I would say I'm gonna guess 31%. And honestly, that feels way too high. Let's That's see. way too high. It's gotta be way too high. Oh my god, dude, we have a new record yes. on the VL pod. I knew it. Dude, you are so close. Eight 
percent did not reach single digits. Wow, and that's giving them something. That's Dude, giving them a little extra on top. That's a record on the VL Pod. We our 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 record was eighteen on Saving Silverman with Ben. Yeah, uh, that movie good. crept down to eighteen percent. Terrible, terrible. Uh, let me reiterate: terrible rating for that movie. Oh. Dude, so, yeah, Saving Silverman, that actually is a bullshit rating. 8% for Summer Catch, though. I'm be honest, that feels about right. Yeah, that's honestly, it's great. Isn't, I, I don't remember what number he was in the movie, but if it was an 8, that would be very fitting. Well, I think he might have been 26, 2 plus 6, 8. There we go. Fucking numerology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, but 8, though, so do you think the 8 is, is literally just loin points, we saying? I don't know what oh, like <laughs> nothing not about this movie. You know what? The dads were actually believable. And as much as I hated him in the first 20 minutes, Matthew Lillard's character, also known as Shaggy and Scooby-Doo, actually was the hero of the film. Yeah. Uh, and I cared about his story. And I cared about the dad's story because Freddie Prinze Jr. was such a dick to him. Anyways, I'm getting into way too much. No, no, let's do it. Let's transition into players. Let's do some player breakdown. Okay, cool. We just got to start off FPJ, Freddie Prince. Um, We did a whole breakdown on him when we did she's all that so i won't step on any of that content kids go listen to our she's all that pod we do an extensive fpj breakdown i'm just going to give you the highlights of what our analysis was so i can get your thoughts Mm -hmm. um he essentially only had a a real run of five years and it ended with scooby-doo yeah oh yeah i guess so him and lillard were in scooby-doo together shit it ended with scooby-doo i thought it ended with this and jb i thought everybody ended with this (laughs) Uh, okay yeah yeah. okay he married smg sarah michelle geller we love her buffy okay what i said what we talked about with him ladies love fpj his lips great lips yeah he's he's sparkles he constantly is he does one thing and you can tell when people are talking to him they're saying their lines and they are just going right through him and he's just sparkling right back that's all he does Mm. sparkle yeah he's like a a mirror but it's like a distortionist like mirror to where it only it's like it shows you if you're overweight as skinny like you know when you put a mirror and you like angle it yeah so exactly you can feel it that's fpj oh only the best come yeah only the best reflections through his eyes yeah we wrote down some nitpicks on him. Like one, we were saying, really felt like his face could use some stubble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel okay. like he could use some stubble. Um, I wasn't really thinking much about that much. About him needing more facial hair. I yeah. mean, he definitely, like, his. he took his shirt off in, like, the first scene, right? Yeah, he did. I mean, there's a very gratuitous, like, here's me, shirt off, looking like Jesus on the cross, but also like a prisoner at Auschwitz. Yeah. Good segue into his body type. Um, a deceivingly huge head yeah. for FPJ. Mm-hmm. And I think it's magnified by the fact that he has zero shoulder definition and no pecs. Uh, yeah, definitely wasn't doing any, any push-ups. 
I know, dude. Like, goddamn, dude. FPJ, get just do some push-ups. Lat, Especially up down. against up against Jessica Biel. You know, <laughs> like, I know, I know. Uh, what? And we'll get into their relationship, I'm sure. But we will. Let's just go to her, though. Can, um, can I have one more thing about FPJ? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's something about him that I realized, and I couldn't stop seeing it after, was that he has when he feels complex emotion, he does one thing. He his eyes go wide. And he looks at the ground like somebody ran over his dog. I was saying tonight that him trying to showcase anger, like you're talking about, or like surprise or shock. Yeah. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad acting. Like he's so good. He's such a like know your role, know your lane guy. Like the charming, get the girl, teen drama, teen romantic comedy sense. He nails that lane. Like, he crushes that. Mm-hmm. But if he's got to actually show, like, emotional range or substance as an actor, he can't <laughs> right now. Mike's just doing the face he makes. He just, he just looks at the ground and his eyes go wide. It's like, what, 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 what happened? <laughs> and it's like one to a hundred. He, he's like, all of a sudden he's mad. Oh, I know. You and know who's, that- like, so fucking good at, like, all the nuance in mini- emotional swang moments is george clooney oh interesting george clooney and i'm thinking of specifically the movie the descendants where it's just complex emotions like crazy but yep um gotta be good for that shit he's just so good with like the little nuance stuff and fpj just doesn't have it that's probably why he just quit acting after scooby-doo i mean based on the the writing of this movie this dude must have been the most complex human being (laughs) Oh time. my god, dude! Can, okay, before I, I get I, one more thing, I want to point out about Freddie Prince Jr. Don't feel bad because I okay. realize I have more on him too that I there, want to say. There's so much wrong with it. Yeah, it, my and my second biggest issue was that they never showed one full throw of the ball from Freddie Prince's hand out of. <laughs> There's Not once. Lineup. They showed half the windup, then they cut to the back, which was a double. And they never showed him throw a ball. Not once. It was never from an angle of like, okay, we're just going to set the camera up six feet away or 10 feet away so we can see his full throwing motion. <laughs> Not once. It was Whoa. all quick cuts. I felt like I was watching Taken 3 where like Liam Neeson – in the first one, he can still kind of hang in a fight scene, but by the third one, he's like 80, and yeah. the cuts are so fast, like in, in close up. <laughs> oh my god! He's like a robot, so they have to do these quick cuts. Like, yeah, that's FPJ throwing a baseball. It's it's like his one throwing motion has 57 cuts. Oh, so angles. good. And you knew after the first scene, you're like, okay, he, he's, no one's throwing a ball. No one's throwing a ball except for Flash McBurn, the fucking, uh, Oh, Van <laughs> Lemur. Like, yeah. Van Dude. Yeah. Love that guy. So, so um, that guy was just hilarious. But anyways, okay. Last, last couple of things on FPJ. So I wanted to talk about this when we were, uh, initially bringing up the movie. So, Bill Simmons had a uh, a write up. He reviewed this movie back when it came out, and we love Bill Simmons on this pod. Uh, one of the Freddie criticisms he wrote was he takes the and this is to your point. He takes the quote unquote self destructive gig 
way too far. Yeah. Bulging his eyes, making goofy gestures every time things fall apart during games. Real pitchers carry themselves in more subtle ways. And all of them, from Greg Maddox uh, to this other guy I mentioned, rarely show emotion. It's, it's a chore to read their body language, one little slight frown they make, their sagging shoulder, shoulders, all that stuff. And then he wrote, and yet Freddie was aping it up on the mound like John Rocker after three big one coffees from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Made no sense. Yeah, so he was just super critical of that point, like Freddie Prince. What are you doing playing baseball? You've yeah. got no place playing baseball, buddy. Dude, the way he overacts, I'm like, someone needs to get this guy on like bipolar medication. Like he's not <laughs> mentally stable. No. No, to he live. did not seem bright. Not seem bright. Okay, let's let's go to Jessica Beale now, and yeah. we'll transition because Simmons also had a, a perfect comp for her. Let me know what you think of this. He said she's wildly attractive, <laughs> a cross between Alyssa Milano and Keanu Reeves' girlfriend in The Replacements. She's, with she's one of the best. Allie Larder's body. It's <laughs> the love interest in Friday, or, uh, Final Destination. And Final Destination. We just watched Final Destination the other day. Yeah, How like about two that, dude? Ago. Alyssa Milano. <laughs> He's really getting into it. The girlfriend from The Replacements with a body mm. of an alley larder. A larder. Mm. I mean, let me just say, girlfriend from The Replacements. I love that we don't know her name, but number one on that list. Oh, my dude. We, when we did Friday Night Lights, she showed up later in her career as a single mom neighbor of tim riggins and so now she was a milf dude i took everything like every fiber of my being i understand to not lose my shit when she came on the screen thinking about like her from the replacements and what that meant to me as a young lad man yeah falco's girl she was something special oh the raspy voice sparkling from the sidelines always yeah okay, wasn't she like a dancer on. too wasn't she like a dancer yeah let's move. yeah Sorry, i'm just perfect body let's move on it's going to piss on. me off um okay let's just move on to something that like jessica Biel. like that's going to get us over yeah this <gasps> shit. all right jessica Biel. first thing i wrote down perfect body well let me see what i wrote down. let me see what i wrote down because it's probably exactly the same thing Oh, well, all I wrote was Jessica motherfucking Beal, JT certified. Oh, uh, dude. So JT certified. Yeah. So now she, she's married to him. That's what, that's the last update I heard on her, on her relationship status. Yeah. I know I she's so. with him. Um, yeah. But dude. Okay. Mm. Let's list things that are perfect on her boobs. Yes. Uh, perfect. Legs. Yes. And she's like a little like, muscular and toned shoulders she's got broad shoulders i'm so glad you said that because i wrote that down too dude Mm -hmm. low-key like her broad shoulders low-key or high-key yeah no i high-key like them i mean she's she's got an athletic body can can we say that yeah for the kids we should facial Um, symmetry on point yeah i cut midriff showing shirts on point we've talked about this on the pod too but what do you think about um I think girls with broad shoulders are just totally hot. No, that's, <laughs> I, you know, I was talking to my lovely girlfriend today about um, my, I used to, yeah, the bigger the better, man. 
Yeah. I don't want a girl, obviously I don't want a girl who can like beat my ass or like, who's a crazy gym rat, you know, who's drinking oh. protein shakes yeah. and like super jacked, but like Jessica Beale in terms of toned muscular is like the perfect amount of just it's there, but it's not overwhelming. Peak attraction. Oh God. Peak attraction. Um, Poolside, lawnmowers, literally anything. There were two scenes in this movie that they were a struggle to watch for yeah. me. Yeah, the pool. Yeah, the first, the two pool scenes. The two pool scenes. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to them, but yeah. And, and and Jessica also, like, let me just say, she was so above this movie. She screams A-list and Freddie Prince Jr. screams 95. Mm. And mm-hmm. like, what are you doing in here? That's such a good point, dude. She, you, yeah, she was so much better than this movie. And Freddie <laughs> Prince, like, this was his fucking apex. Yeah, like this exactly. is this is the top of the mountain for him. And for for her, it was clear, like, on her ascend up the side of the mountain, she fucking just like she took a flyer on this because she's like, oh, FPJ, she's all that. I know what you did last summer. This guy's coming in hot. He's the perfect guy to ride coattails on up to the top. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't need him. Oh, you're, you're, he, there's no world in which, I mean, there is a world in which they're together, but she's, she's silly in that world. And I, and I don't, and I want to tell her she's, she's can do better. She can do better. You know who cannot actually do better though? And I wrote this down to go back to your Tim Allen comp. Another thing on her ascend up the mountain that was a blip was I'll be home for Christmas. That bullshit movie she did with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who, by the way, is like five inches shorter than her. Yeah. It's so funny. Speaking of JTT, I just got to bring up this joke. The other day I was like, I woke up with him in my head and I was like, Brie was laying next to me and I was like, man, I wonder what happened to Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And she goes, who are they? Oh, she thought it was three people. <laughs> I guess he's got three was first names. Response. I just lost it. I thought it was the funniest thing. Jonathan Taylor and Thomas, all three of them. What's up with the, the three amigos? What happened to Jonathan Taylor and Thomas? Uh, when you and you, I think you actually texted me about that, where you or in DM me yeah. or something about like God, how old are we getting? Where <laughs> now, like the next generation just has no idea who he is, and like for us, I mean that guy, fucking oh, yeah. slayed. I'm not ashamed of of knowing a lot about JTT and what he was doing around his teenage years. No. But what I will say, by 1998, when he did I'll Be Home for Christmas, and he mm-hmm. reached the full-grown adult male height of 5'4", and Jessica Biel is towering over him at 5'7", it's like, dude, JTT, fuck, man, it's over yeah. for you. Sucks. He had to step down. Anyways, yeah, that's tough. It's a shame. He was a handsome guy. Yeah. So she, we should just say she got all of her fame, her initial fame from 7th Heaven. She was yeah. the uh, smoke show on that. You know what? Speaking of Seventh Heaven, I'm gonna. We haven't even put show. a clip in. I'm gonna put a clip in of just my favorite Seventh Heaven clip. All right, I'll, I'll get straight to the point. I found marijuana in the house, and while I never thought of myself as the type of father who'd have to drug test his kids, I'm willing to do just that if that's what it takes to find out who brought a joint into this house. This joint, same joint I found by the front door, 
Same joint your mother then put into her dresser drawer? Wait a minute. Then whose joint is it? It's mine. You've got to be kidding. Look, Simon. Man, I can't believe you. Simon, wait. Girls, you're going up to your rooms. We need to talk to Matt. What the hell do you think you're trying to pull? Eric, calm down. Oh, I think I've been about as calm as I can be throughout this. Now it's time for some answers. It's not enough that you're smoking dope. We have to bring it into our house. What if one of the younger kids had found this first? But I didn't think that... That's exactly right. You didn't think, because if you thought about anyone but yourself, for a second, it might have occurred to you that the look that you just saw on Simon's face is the look of a kid who's just lost all respect for his older brother. Eric. Is this why you've never held down a job? Oh, because, hey, here's something that doesn't take a whole lot of skill to do, just a lighter and a complete lack of self-respect. It's not why... I'm not finished! You're not going anywhere. I'm not staying here. Don't you dare walk out that door! <laughs> In his... Talk about overacting. <laughs> Reverend Camden. Mm. I would like to do that shit. That would just be one of the most hilarious shows to do like four pods on. Yeah. Just like just ultimate episodes. I remember there was one where like they were trying to apparently they're always trying to tackle drug addiction issues. Because there was one I remember where uh the idiot, the little son, he had weird like blonde hair. I forget his name. Simon, yeah. I think. Simon. I think he was huffing paint. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Simon got into back. all sorts of shit. He did all sorts of shit. And uh, and it was just like, I think it was a, when Dare came in, the officers from Dare, police officers from Dare came into our grade school to like tell us about the pitfalls of drug use. They played us an episode of Seventh Heaven where Simon was huffing paint, like spray paint <laughs> out, of a, out of a lunch bag. <laughs> This is an instructional video. Uh, last things on her. She transitioned, though, out of seventh heaven into full-on sex symbol in 2003, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, man. Just sweaty Daisy Dukes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Slow down. Sorry. <laughs> and then just became a full-on A-lister. Married JTT, like you said, or got with him. Who knows? JT. Uh, JT. Just JT. Sorry, not JTT. Yeah, fuck that guy. Who knows? He's in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, did Blade Trinity? I now pronounce yeah. it Chuck and Larry, where she got undressed and uh, undressed, undressed all the way. No, no. Okay. Yeah, we're just talking about basically what she was doing in this. She does have. I've seen her nude though. She's done one nude scene. She is a stripper, and. It's like weird lighting, and she has candle wax poured on her. Are we sure it's, this isn't a body double? I'm positive because it shows her face and boobs on like the same shot. Look wow. it up. Wow. Art. Yeah. Uh, she also did A Team with Bradley Cooper, Stealth, and she she's a big actress. She's a big deal. Yeah. She's she a big deal. Okay, he'll smaller be- characters, quick hitters. Matthew Lillard, you already mentioned him. You love this guy, right? Champion. Hated him at the beginning. He was, he was uh, as you say, the practice hero mm-hmm. of the film, uh, but redeemed himself very well. He was such a practice hero that like, I didn't even include him on my Ryan Phillippe nominee list on this one because I was like, that's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's There's how a couple much others. Uh, yeah. 
Dude, this movie, I, I was legitimately thinking I could put 15 nominees on this practice hero list yeah, in this movie. Dude. The friends. Oh, my the God. The sycophant friends that are like, you have no business hanging out with Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> the friends, the, the, his brother, his dad, like uh, her dad. Like there's literally just nominees, all the teammates. Anyways, one fun fact on him. This was interesting. He is the official voice of anything Shaggy from Scooby-Doo now. That, oh. Anything. Like that transition happened. Uh, apparently Casey Kasem, the longtime voice of Shaggy, retired in 2009. And Matthew Lillard, because he had done it in a couple movies, took it over. Damn. So now anything Scooby-Doo that comes out, Matthew Lillard does the voice. Lifetime achievement. Goals. That is money money yeah in yeah. la would you say that's mailbox money oh yes i would yeah that's a little back end as we also call it yeah. <laughs> but i love matthew lillard man i i liked him in this movie you know that one of the, I, I i one of the notes i wrote down was that there's there's a couple frames that i remember like a couple moments that i remember from this and one of them is when he fucking breaks that bat over his leg and the spit comes out of his fucking mouth and yeah slow motion it's like cool shit yeah i remember that one too cool shit yeah he he kind of always plays the same character and he Mm -hmm. thrives in that role of like the obnoxious but he's kind of redeeming at the end of the day yeah you root for him last small one i want to mention real quick gotta dude Brittany murphy Oh R. my P. god. Oh my god. I, what a wonderful slut. Yeah, we can't say that on the pod, but we you did. You well, know? I mean, Fuck it. casting. Cat she plays a wonderful slut. Yeah, I don't mean, I like, get it. We're not only. calling her an actual <laughs> slut. The only reason I say this is cuz uh I used to intern Whitney anytime I would call a girl a slut, even if that's who they were playing, she would she just would always tell me like, no, "Oh, yeah, yeah. No. You're not oh, allowed." No. Um, what a good, let's see, what a, well, she's wonderful. She is a slut, dude. She fucks like six different guys in this movie. Well, can we talk about her move? Yeah. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. What is it? So her one move, if she really wants to get in some dude's pants, is to put a beer bottle between her knees and pour it into their mouth as if she's pissing in their mouth. Oh, I know. There's so much like peeing in guys' mouths innuendo with that. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know how, uh. Quentin Tarantino always has like little, like he has a foot fetish, right? So I've heard this and I just found this out recently, but once you, I think Zerb might've told me, but once you know it, it's like now, anytime you see a Quentin Tarantino movie, you're seeing it everywhere. Like little foot fetish moments. Mm -hmm. Maybe that is like, dude, the director of this movie, Michael Tolan, who crushes teen drama and sports movies. Maybe he has a little pee pee fetish. Let's investigate. We should. Yeah, maybe we'll see more more kinds of, you know, weird sort of allusions to to peeing in people's mouths. Yeah, his other films and and shows. Well, to go back and watch Hardball and see if Keanu Reeves is peeing in any of the kids' mouths, like in an innuendo sense. (laughs) Guarantee, there's some mouth pissing going on in that film. Dude, Hardball. Now that is just a good movie. You should throw it on the list. I know it's on there. Yeah. Skew's okay, a little young for us, dude. I mean, we like to keep it in the teen range. Those kids are younger, but um, we make exceptions all the time. <laughs> okay, Brittany Murphy, though. I only want to say on her, 
Have you ever looked into like her death stuff and all that shit around it? Not really. No. What what happened? Happened. I just like went on this huge deep dive last night when I was researching, and um, so the official cause of her death at the age of thirty-two, which that's my age right now, thought wow. died of pneumonia. That was the official cause of death. Amo- hmm. Pneumonia with she had uh, over-the-counter and prescription meds that she was taking too. I don't think she was abusing any of it, but she was taking like painkillers, like mm. hydrocodone. There's been all this speculation. Was she murdered? All this stuff. So people thought her husband did it. And then five months after she died, he fucking died in the same house cause of death pneumonia what five months after it's not a communicable disease right no strange as hell yeah it was fucked up and then so they were saying two conspiracy theories one oh there's mold in the house and so the mold killed her and then it had also gotten into his system and killed him. But that was debunked because they said an inspector uh, inspected the house two months before they bought it and there was no issues. Like, so all good. Mm-hmm. Second one, though, they found metal in her blood. And now they were thinking it was the same metal that's found in rat poison. And uh-huh. so they were like, maybe someone mixed some rat poison in with those pills she was taking for pneumonia and stuff. Damn, dude. Do we know anything about the relationship between her and her husband? Or Apparently it was all good. All good? Yeah. That's wild, man. That's, yeah. that's such a shame, dude. Brittany Murphy, she was going to go on to have an incredible career. Man. She was going to do the old Matthew McConaughey. She would be back right about now. Yep making her comeback she Damn. she had some movies that she was totally legit in yeah um, she's so legit even in this she's she's really believable and natural as a slut as a slut <laughs> and she did play a slut a lot r.i.p yeah. r.i.p all right dude movie breakdown time should we get into it Fucking off of characters go. let's go usually i transition with a song for our movies but some christian rock for this one <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't really much. So I'm going to just transition with a clip. The first clip of this movie, it's FPJ. He's explaining the Cape Cod League, what it's all about for him and the other dudes who join up with him for this team. Here it is. The best amateur ball in the country is played in the Cape Cod Baseball League. And playing here is the chance of a lifetime. I've been mowing this field in Chatham since I was 14. But this summer, it feels a little different. I've watched so many dreams come true and die on the ball fields of the Cape. Hard as it is to believe, now it's my turn. Now I'm the guy the scouts will be watching. This is my last shot to make it. The last house on the block, you might say. I've been accused of being my own worst enemy, so this time I wanted to focus to make sure nothing got in the way of the most important summer of my life. And then he starts using his accent after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not in this moment. He waits. Oh, no, this is regular Freddie Prince. Yeah. 
clearly they did that VO work uh, before he had just fully indoctrinated himself into like the Boston. I got the Boston accent. So for FPJ, dude, he's like, I'm not going to leave anything up to chance, dude. Rise and shine early in the morning. I'm not going to leave it up to chance. Fucking alarm clocks, dude. Fuck no. No, 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 no. You can't trust those. No. I need to sleep on the diamond, the fucking ball diamond on that mound so yeah. that I don't miss anything. So his plan is he's going to sleep out there full, full uniform, full yeah. cleats. Yeah. Talk about a practice hero. <laughs> I know, dude. God. <laughs> but he does a lot of, and th- dude, this is the biggest theme of the movie as we've talked about explaining that he's his own worst enemy how many times did we hear that in this movie over and over i mean the dude made no sense whatsoever (laughs) for some reason jessica beale was attracted to him and had to explain it to him over and over his dad had to explain to him i love you over and over and he just kept self-sabotaging constantly i think freddie prince like saw it in the script and like he's just like this is my movie. I've always, I've been playing these teen roles. I've been, you know, I know what you did last summer with fucking Jennifer Love Hewitt and fucking bullshit, all this stuff. You know what? Let's go dark. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking go dark. This guy's his own worst enemy. (laughs) And he just wouldn't let it go. Every scene he wanted to like, take it to that, like, yeah, that level. Joaquin Phoenix could have played this character, man. This was one of the most complex, like, wow, what is really making him tick kind of characters I've ever seen. Yeah, what's going on with this guy, man? I fucking understood the Joker's (laughs) MO harder in The Dark Knight than I did FPJ in this movie. Especially when it comes to Jessica Biel and his dad. Like, those two relationships, it's like, you are so off on what you think this is like so his dad off. loves him so much and is just trying to help and he's like oh, fuck you dad dude yeah how much do you think the eight percent is just strictly a full-on credit to fpj sucking in this movie oh um it's 98 percent. It's, it's a perfect <laughs> cocktail it's a per- everything was bad except it- for jay beale's looks we got to get to Jessica Biel, though, her introduction, because there I want to p- start playing a song. Let's get a, a song in here of her intro. He's a landscaper. He's cutting the grass, and Jessica Biel, like, fucking with angel wings glistening glistening in slow motion coming out of the fucking pool in this pink bikini that is showing everything i mean it, it, you can't that what what's there can't not be shown it's it's blasting out into the world with extreme force it's like she's slow motion her boobs are coming out of the water and then <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, and then he he's obviously sidetracked too. Hits the fucking you know takes out the flower bed. He's like all over the place with the riding lawnmower. Oh yeah, and uh, that's how we get introduced to her. And it's like, oh fuck, 
not just a flower bed. He takes out a mailbox, some flower bed. Like he hits like bird feeder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, she's flaunting her shit around all over the place. I don't know how anyone's any of the day laborers are expected to like get their fucking work done around the house when Jessica Biel is is just fucking swimming like that. She's swimming in slow motion. Yeah, her dad's got to be losing his mind inside. (laughs) Oh, dude, her dad is out of control. Um, so these two, they start a relationship and FPJ and Jessica Biel, I put my initial takeaway. They have a very Gosling, Rachel McAdams, the notebook vibe going on where it's this guy. He's fucking dirt, dude. He's fucking trash. Poor as fuck. Fucking landscaping family, dude. Bullshit. Bullshit. And then her dad's like a hedge fund guy, always wearing pleated khakis. Yeah. <laughs> Shoes with the tassels. Very parasite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's exactly like the notebook. Like everyone's like trying to make sure they don't get together because it's like, dude, you're too good for him. And what do we know about teenagers? Oh, dude, they want a little wrong in their life. <laughs> so much wrong. Yeah. You, dude, you tell a teenage Beal, like, hey, stay away from that fucking guy cutting the grass. Ugh. You might as well just be fucking pouring kerosene on fucking gunpowder and then throwing matches on it. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, thinking? expect Beal to not go fuck the shit out of that fucking guy cutting the grass. Yeah, exactly. Dude. He's covered in gro- broken glass now, and you can guarantee that Beal is going to – and that's what happened. Like, she, uh-huh. There's no world in which a girl like Beal would continue going after him the way she does in this film <laughs> unless her dad said no. <laughs> I've never seen a female as attractive as Jessica Beale be that much of the aggressor. Yes. He, oh God, it's uncomfortable. He did not try and get with her once. She he, is like – fucking throwing herself at him constantly yeah no and 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 i wrote down at some point i was like yeah i I wrote pretty sure fpj honestly doesn't realize that she's into him (laughs) (laughs) no and i was fucking confused and flabbergasted because i'm like the guy i I don't know what more she can do To like let you know it's on right now. I, yeah. Like, what more can she do? I so yeah. I it made no sense. Um, she initiates the first kiss. He of Big course time. pulls away. Uh, <laughs> don't know why. We didn't do that, <laughs> if a, dude. If I ever had a girl just accept a first kiss, because obviously no girls were ever initiating a first kiss with me. That's a given. Sure, sure, sure. sure. If I ever had a girl just accept a first kiss from me, guess who would never pull the fuck away first? This podcaster. <laughs> no, man. Nor would this one. I don't care if it's a total surprise. Dude. Uh, by the way, we should just tell the kids just so they can get a, a better taste of you. You were broken up with once because of how you oh, kissed. And why oh, was yeah. that? My Dorito moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. This was... <laughs> 
<laughs> you're drawing. You're drawing well, we, want, we want the kids to know exactly who's on the yeah, pod. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. This is an eighth grade memory. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So tell, just explain the story, how it went down, and what what the feedback was. Constructive okay. criticism you got. Sure, sure. It was Teddy. It was Teddy Domus's party, and and he had a little barn out back, and in the barn there was a table, a round table full of snacks, and on that table were some pretzels, some cookies, and some nacho cheesier Doritos. And uh, so, you know, I was just kind of hanging out, milling around, popped a couple snacks in my mouth. Don't even know which snacks they were. And Sarah Williford, who she's total babe, and she was especially a total babe back in eighth grade. She was, yeah, <laughs> we were talking about eighth grade, dude. Whatever, uh, we're and, grandfathered in because we were all in the eighth grade when this we happened. <laughs> Louis C.K. His new special, he does something like this. It's so funny. Um, Dude, when if you're talking about hooking up with an eighth grader and you were an eighth grader at the time, you are it's so okay. safe. You're good, you're good. <laughs> you're so safe. But uh, anyways, as if by magic, everyone leaves the barn and it's just me and Sarah in there. And she, she, I knew she had been crushing on me. I had been crushing on her as well. So she draws close and we share a kiss. We're actually on a couch. Damn. Um, yeah. And uh, she gave me a kiss and we, we made out for a second. Then she pulled back and she goes, did you eat something? And in what? this moment, I had 100% forgotten that I had eaten just one nacho it's cheese. All, that's all it takes, dude. And that's all it takes. That shit coats your mouth. And uh, I it. said, no. I said, no. I haven't eaten anything. So to her, oh, damn. I'm just a guy whose mouth tastes like fucking shit. Shit. Damn it. And she broke up with me by text at night. She said, I just don't know about this. We, 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 we made a return later on. It didn't, you know, Sparks didn't catch into a full-blown conflagration, but her, yeah. you know, that was, you know, it hurt. It hurt. It's always going to be a stain on your, on your past. Because, oh, like, yeah. who knows? You guys could be, like, married right now, you know? Yeah. Well, there's many stains <laughs> on the pants of my past. <laughs> yeah. Damn, she was. I wonder what she's up to, dude. Um, I don't know. She's don't up know. to these days. Hey, do you Facebook on. like on the air? <laughs> yeah, let's look to Sarah Sarah W. Let's look her up right now. Um, okay, dude, let's zag though. Let's zag off Beal because if we stay on Beal, I have a feeling it's just tough to get out of it. You know, once her, you're her name it. is Tenley. Just so we all know, if you're watching it, you may think it's Henley, you may think it's Kenley, but it's definitely Tenley. Which, by the way, Tenley is such a hot name. You're into that? Yeah. Sounds like, not? It sounds like there was triplets and she was the least favorite one. <laughs> hey, I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a pretty good fuck you way to refer to someone <laughs> like you were in the triplet and you were the forgotten triplet. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. Tenley Parish. It's like, he's like, hey, I'm Ryan Dunn. She goes, okay, cool. I'm Tenley Parish. <laughs> hey, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, Tenley Parish just screams, I'm rich. Ryan Dunn screams, landscaper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's zag, though, because I wanted to talk about that scene where they all get into a fight. So, <laughs> yeah. Very natural scene. Yeah. So, okay. Ryan Dunn. FPJ, him and Tenley, they're hooking up. We're, they're like dating. Cool. But Ryan, the other stuff he's got going on, dude, baseball stuff. And oh, yeah. he's trying to fucking make it to the pros, the big time. Mm-hmm. And he's a local boy, so he's got all of his townie friends that he grew up with, and then he's got all these new friends on the baseball team 
who are from everywhere. Like you said, California, Texas, all over the place. Mm-hmm. And they go to this bar and it's like a fucking fight breaks out between the old friends and the new friends. Yeah. Roadhouse style. Like <laughs> oh. a pool game, a billiards game gone wrong. Yeah. I loved it. Cause it was like, fucking van lemer dude he lost and then he was like taking it he had to take it a little bit and you could tell it's like dude Mm -hmm. and then fpj comes in like a fucking bat out of hell rage goes to like a 37 out of 10 yeah he wasn't even in the fight dude once again fpj ryan dunn all his friends fighting his battles for him, all his teammates saving the hits that are fucking like with, with over the fence catches and shit. He doesn't do a thing for himself. No, he's just handed victory by his awesome friends. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know, dude. Uh, so I now, this is the point. The reason I brought up this fight, I, I can no longer save it any longer. It's time to get into a little Ryan Philippi practice hero award of the week. We're going to do it with a little tunage. It's easy to sum it up. We just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice. I mean, how silly is that? First guy on the list is Ryan Dunn, FPJ. I've never done it. I've never done it. <laughs> oh, shit. Curveball. Something Ryan Dunn never throws. I ne- yeah, Ryan Dunn, by the way, only throws fastballs. That's it. No slide. This guy's trying to make it to the majors. With no changeup, no slider, no fucking no, curveball. Just Nothing. blowing. He's a lefty throwing fastballs. So... First guy, dude, fucking the main lead character as the biggest practice hero nominee. Oh, for sure. It's fucking sure. FPJ, dude. I swear to God, this movie's an hour and 40 some minutes. If I heard one more time that this guy is his own worst enemy. <laughs> if I heard that one more time, I was just going to rip my dick off and throw it out the window. Just leave it yeah. on the sidewalk forever. Yeah. I guess this is because his mom died. <laughs> Dude, look, you and I, I was thinking about this too with bad acting. Both you and I took some acting classes in For college. Sure. For sure. And my number one point of feedback in, in learning how to act in that class was my tone was always exactly the same. So I'd be like reading a scene and I'd be like, then I went to the game. After the game, I went to the mall. Then I went home and laid down. Like my, it was like the same cadence and tone on every single line. Yeah. And I felt like that was FPJ in this movie. Like everything was the exact same. It, it was like, hey, you got to be mad in this scene. Yeah, but sometimes you can be a mad at like a six yeah. or a four mad. <laughs> you don't have to go to the full 10 every time, you know? You know. He either had no range or way too much range. <laughs> so as a fellow, a fellow actor. Dude, it was just as so an actor. atrocious. As an, actor. as an actor. I mean, as an actor, it was so atrocious. 
uh, yeah, I think you pointed out the best where there is calmly, like happily in love or like fucking raging mad, don't know what to do. I'm going to implode. And very non-threatening at the same time. Like after oh. that was that was the note I wrote after the fight. I, I wrote this fight came out of nowhere basically. And then I said, also, FPJ is incredibly non-threatening. <laughs> uh yeah. If when he was on the mound throwing a tantrum, like because he was mad at the umpire or he was just mad in general, I was never intimidated or like scared. Like if I was no. a batter, I'd just be like Dude, this guy's lost it. I'm just going to to rock the fuck out of his next pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting a home run on this next one. Um, So he's he's FPJ. Ryan Dunn is one. Number two, the super horny old lady who's always just trying to shove cucumbers and grapes (laughs) up her vagina slash butthole. For Wilder Valderrama. For Wilder Valderrama. We should should mention that he has a small role in this film. By the way, this is his uh, first movie he ever did. He was on Um, that 70s show, but this was his first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's just staying with like all these kids who come to the Cape. They got to stay with the host family and the mom that he's with, single old lady, probably in her 60s. And she's just so fucking horny. Always trying to fuck. The mom from uh, National Lampoon Vacations, right? Isn't that, yep. who, isn't that who that is? Yeah. Beautiful woman. Funny, sexy, so she's, confident. Yeah. Uh, let me just play. I'll play a clip so you can get a taste of her horniness. I'm just another baseball legend, Damo. Now, I know you've heard some stories about me. Some of them are true. You can tell your own stories, Damo. I'm real good with See the basket at the end of the bed? Yes. Hand me the cucumber. She's horny. <laughs> so she's a lot of extra going on there. Third one is a collaboration. This is a okay, combo yeah. of FPJ's dad and FPJ's brother. <laughs> the, the family drama. Yeah, this is a combo. So... For this one, the third nominee, you're getting the Dunn family dynamic. I'm pretty sure his dad just like wants him to fail really bad. <laughs> and his dad is like, I know what where FPJ gets his, I'm going to act at a 10 out of 10 in every scene. Because his dad, when he's drinking alcohol, is a 10 out of 10 in, in those scenes. He sucks when he drinks. But ultimately, though, he, he loved him. And you know, both, he wanted- both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's talk about the brother for a second, because this guy was probably actually an athlete. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like this dude, it's like, why the fuck was Freddie Prince, Freddie Prince Jr. not the bartender and the brother was the one going Major League Baseball? I know. This guy was ripped. That's a good point, um, because it's like, that's the dynamic with his brother. His brother was an athlete. His brother was a baseball player and he didn't make it. So mm-hmm. I think he's always shitty to FPJ. Same with his dad, because it's like, these are two guys who didn't make it. And they're watching this guy who actually has more talent than them self-destruct and fucking blow it just like they did. And it angers them, which he does constantly he blows it okay dude last one this one is probably the guy you thought was going to be on here number four 
This guy was pure dynamite. Eric Van Lemer. Ooh, Flash McBurn, as I like to call him. <laughs> Flash McBurn, dude. Let's just play his intro clip of this is the first thing he says when they're out at a bar uh, hanging out with all of his new baseball friends. Dodgers offered me two mil. Jump change. So I'm going to pitch a few games here. I figure they'll come to their senses. Attack on the next half mil. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you had something to say down there? I didn't. No. Oh, Ryan. Oh, God. Sorry, I didn't recognize you. That's your ass hanging out of your banana hammock. Sorry, my, sorry, Coach. Here's my skirt. It was there. I was here. That was you, Ryan. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Listen, gentlemen, we're going to talk to some ladies. I'll walk away. Let's go talk to some women. Come on. Let go. No big deal. No big deal. Let me say one thing about this guy. Aside from the fact that he's just the best bad guy, and I, and I, I actually enjoyed his presence in this movie. His, yeah. Everything from his hair to his personality. Explain his hair and his look. His hair is a, is a symbolic nod to the act he commits later in the film when he burns down this concession stand and the news, the press, the press, press stand. box, press box. Yeah. Motherfucker burns it down and the dude's got the blondest. He's dyed his hair blonde. He's got the frostiest tips I've ever seen. Jet black Handsome. hair, jet Handsome black uh, eyebrows, dyes his hair completely bleach blonde, and his baseball glove. Oh, yeah. Fucking also, flames. Yes. He's just Flash McBurn, dude. <laughs> Flash McBurn, yeah. I'm just going to call him Flash McBurn. <laughs> I, the, the, my biggest takeaway on him was I wrote Rufio 2.0. For sure. For sure. Do we think Ru- they're the same actor, him no. and Rufio? No, Rufio is of Eastern descent, I believe. This guy looks more Hispanic. Yeah. Fuck. Rufio's got that beauty mark on his cheek. God, I wonder what Rufio's up to. Dude, Should he... we do a live pod look up, see what Rufio's up to? Let's see what Rufio's doing, man. I, I mean, I know he's been, in some, he's been in some smaller roles over the years, but I think he's like a struggling actor, kind of. And keep in mind, Rufio, just for the kids, he is... An actor who led the Lost Boys in the movie Hook once Pam left. He's like a 27-year-old playing a 13-year-old actor. <laughs> it's really like Freddie Friends Jr. And yeah. this movie. Let's see what other movies he's done. Dude, he's acting a lot, but they're all really small things. Like yeah. he's doing like 10 things a year. Damn. But they're all like super small. Like I'm now, I'm now to 2014, and I've yet to see one movie I recognize. Sounds like he's got a good agent, dude. Him, him. It's all about quantity, not quality. <laughs> That's probably what he wants. He just wants to be working. He's a working actor, <laughs> dude, but he's still doing it. Ooh, yeah, he's got a lot of like. Ooh. Anyways, point is, he hasn't done anything else. Okay, dude. So of those four, you got FPJ. The horny old lady who's always trying to fuck Wilmer. The combo of Ryan's drunk dad and Ryan's I fucked up and never made it as a baseball player brother. And then number four, Flame McBurn. Damn. Yeah, Flash McBurn. Flash McBurn. He's number four. <laughs> Ryan Philby, practice here award. Who's it go to? Well, you know what? I, I'm just going to let me go through all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Cucumber Mama. Hey, got to have love for those ladies. 
staying at home, thirsty for baseball boys. Um, mm. I love her. Thirsty but... for those baseball boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, you love her. Uh, dad She's and out. brother. I, you know what? I felt for the dad and the brother because Freddie Prinze Jr. was such a fuckboy throughout this whole movie. I was like, you know what? He deserves them being all extra. Okay. It's between Flash McBurn and Ryan Dunn. And because it's so un- unprecedented and honestly, because it's the right choice, I got to go with Ryan Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's so wild because Flash McBurn is the, like when they wrote the script of this movie, it was, hey, who's going to be our Ryan Phillippe in this? Yeah. And you yeah. could tell the, the writer and director was like, oh, Flash McBurn. <laughs> He's the guy. And oh my God. FPJ stumbled into it on accident solely due to how bad he acts. Yeah. Yeah. Two modes. Fuck. All right, dude. FPJ, you get it. Fucking do less, bitch. Damn. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Um, okay, dude. So should we go to, you know what? Let's just get into my MCITW next because I want to get in. The guy that gets this has not been mentioned in the Ryan Phillippe nominee list. He's someone else. And in our plot breakdown right now, he starts to become more of a factor. So on this pod, the MCITW, and that is just to refresh the kids. The Maris Cooper is the worst of the week, and that is brought to you by Wicklowware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W-Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wicklowware.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check it out. Get 10% off of your order. Kids, $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on tanks, $40 on hooded sweatshirts. Get at us for all of our swag. Slide into our DMs with either dick pics or requests for our swag. Dude, you know who it's going to? On this fucking pod, Summer Catch, MCITW is going to no one other than... Tenley's fucking dad. Oh, <laughs> His God. dad. Her dad. He's brutal. He sucks so uh, much ass. Yeah. He is pure evil. I I love an old white guy villain. I do. I love Caleb Nickel from the OC. Fucking love that guy. He's just a dick and he's rich and he doesn't give a fuck. I love Dan Scott from One Tree Hill. He's fucking rich. He's white. He's a dick. The real villains of the world, man. The real villains. But this is the one time where like, dude, the white rich dad was just, he had no redeeming qualities. No. He sucked all the way around. So I wrote bullshit move on his part when his daughter is no longer dating some guy she broke up with. And then, (laughs) This guy just invites him to the summer house to play golf clip. Oh, uh, Charlie Hunt called. He and his wife are planning a trip up to the Cape. I told you that Chris and I are taking some time off this summer. Does that mean his parents can't plan a vacation? No, but I'm sure that you invited them to Chatham. He did, but don't worry, they can't make it. Uh, Then Chris got on the phone to say hello. We chatted for a minute and uh, I invited him up for a game of golf. He'll be here on the 25th. Tenley, don't overreact. Your father and Chris... We have... like to play golf. What's the big deal? What? Dude. Dad. <sighs> uh, Dad, could you please not invite my ex-boyfriend up to stay with us this weekend in our house, like, at night? 
and then wake up in the morning and play golf with him and stuff, Dad? He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing, inviting that soft dick young man into his house. Oh, dude, describe that soft dicked young man. I, I honestly, I wish I could because I can't remember his fucking face. Oh, I let me tell remember. you what he was wearing. Uh, Please, fucking sweater vest, mm-hmm. a V-neck sweater vest, a polo shirt underneath that, hair that is perfectly parted and gelled, yeah. plaid shorts, and. <laughs> brown shoes with the tassels the boat shoes with the tassels that's his outfit don't you remember his face don't i can't believe i don't remember that outfit soft dick yes the softest you know you know exactly what that dad's doing that dad is a creep who's attracted to his own daughter and doesn't want her to be happy in life so she has to keep coming back to daddy he's a fucked up guy and he's gonna pay for it in hell for sure he's going to hell like, no doubt, yeah. he's going to hell. And he's trying to play all this hardball where he's like, hey, if you don't stop dating my daughter too, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get rid of, like, the landscaping contract I have with your dad. It's like, oh, fuck, dude. And you got to give it up to Ryan's dad for what he did in that moment. Uh-huh, yeah. He hears about it, and he comes up. He doesn't even need him to do it. He comes up to that motherfucker, gives him the final invoice. And then, I can't remember what he says to the guy, but the guy gets him back some, oh, he goes, you don't want to do this, as in, you can't afford to do this. Dude, don't even worry. I'm going to put the clip in right here. Now, wait a minute. Sean, what are you doing? My boy told me what you said. Pride isn't exclusive to you people on Shaw Road, Mr. Parrish. Good day. There you go. Yeah. He does do that, dude. It was like a, oh, you know what? I got my son's back, bitch. So fuck and you, motherfucker. Respectable character. Redeeming yeah. character. So anyways, dude, Tenley's dad. There's <laughs> only one thing to say. Get fucked. Be free. And explore. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Um, <laughs> by the way, dude, that dad fucking leads to a fire taboo scene the second scene for Beale that we have to talk about is the, oh, oh dude, obviously yeah. her dad has just, as we were talking about throwing kerosene on like a, a, a teenage Jessica Beale's loins with the taboo forbiddenness of like, don't date that landscaper. And he's doing that. And then it's like, oh shit, date night. It's pouring down rain outside. Fucking pouring. Oh my God. What are we going to do? Um, probably get a little naughty and just like drive over to my fucking parents' summer place and jump in the pool. Just take off our clothes and jump in the pool. Late night, stripped down. She's wearing just her underwear. And what does, what does, what does, what does FPJ do? When when the lights come on on the balcony and the dad comes out, what does FPJ do? He runs away. Yeah. Fucking bitch. (laughs) Doesn't even wait for her to come up to be like, I gotta go. He just runs away. I know. He bitches out. It's like, first off, her outfit, she kept the t-shirt on, but she had no bra on. Never. When she was in the water, there was no bra. You could see her nipples. I didn't catch that, but yeah, I, I bet did. You could. <laughs> I bet you did. Dude, yeah. 
I'm speechless. I'm it, speechless on Jessica Biel. You don't run away from that, you know, especially if you if you look like Freddie Prince Jr. You you don't do that. Okay, so in a vacuum, are they on the same hotness level? No. 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 Jessica Peel is on a hotless level with fucking Chris Hemsworth. There is nobody. Mm. I, I, I don't. I don't think Freddie Prince reaches there. I think he's too scrawny and too. His is range. Bree is Bree there? Yeah, Bree's here. Ask her. Get a girl perspective. All right, Bree. What is Jessica Biel on the same hotness level as Freddie Prince Jr.? From, no. No? no. Why? He's why not? Way he's way less hot. Because his, his whole essence. Tell her to come on. Tell her to just come on and say Wait, it. Come, come on. Come here. Come here. Oh, no. Come get on the pod. <laughs> oh. get on just the say it. Here, come. Hey. Can, hey. can you hear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we just need lady takes. Lady FPJ. Mm-hmm. Hotness level comparison with Jessica Biel. He's not on her level from a girl perspective. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I was saying it's the essence, like his entire being is just way less attractive than her entire, his look looks alone, but as soon as he starts giving that, is that look the look he was talking about? As soon as that happens. When complex emotions come in. It's, it's too whiny. I just. So he has no X factor. She has a lot of it. Yes. X factor. Yes. Yep. You you just want to like, you just want to take her and rock her to bed and you, for him, you just kind of want to push down the hill. for me for me for yeah, for, for me and maybe maybe other ladies have different he's been checking out some hot babes on instagram lately <laughs> yeah I, i've heard a lot about his lips so it sounds yeah. like though his lips and his looks in a vacuum he's on par with her but you factor in everything else right right or uh well and every you know every lady has different types and he's he's not my I, he just he's like definitely like a fuck boy like he's like a you know, you just—he's—he's he's not. Who's your hall pass guy? Who's who's your hall pass guy with Mike? Like your cream of the crop, your I th- Hemsworth. I think I would have to think about it for a while before I gave a decision because I I, I can't just like. Well, just name one of the many. Well, I mean, yeah, like, you don't want to fuck it up. Every, right, I don't want to like. If you got one, that's exactly that's my decision, and it. Now. Let's not let's not pigeonhole you to just one. Let's just say, hey, three guys. You get you get three. You don't have to pick yeah. the one just yet, okay. but like top three that is in your consideration set. Um, it's kind of wild because it's just a big mix. I would definitely have to put the Rock there. Damn. Um, Damn. <laughs> I, Damn, I can't compete. Sorry, with that. but wait. But next is John Krasinski. Oh, so it's really a, a wild mix, and then I I can't. Think off the top of my head for what for his work on The Office or Jack Ryan. I think it's oh, I didn't see Jack Ryan. Okay, just okay. Office Jim. Just Office. It's Jim. the Office. But that's every 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 lady every lady's got a, a boner for Office Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's universal. So it's The Rock and Jim <laughs> from The Office. <laughs> yeah, that is such a <laughs> honestly. If you think about it, that's like yeah. the perfect. The perfect the perfect cross-section. I'm right so in the middle of those two. <laughs> yeah, you're, dude. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah, Mike, yeah. you are somewhere in the middle. Yeah. On those yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. I'm right in the middle. The Rock is an actor, not as a wrestler. If that helps. Dwayne, you're talking about Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. Dwayne yeah. yeah. Okay. 
No, that's good because yeah, we were we were just discussing. We were trying to figure out like where where they stack up in relation yeah. to each other. So Mm-mm. I'm just also not. I'm really not in in the know about things. Is a is an, a, another issue here. Bree, do you want to plug? You you are in the know though with like Kevin Smith films. Do you want to plug any of your upcoming work as a no. fellow LA? It already well, it's out. I guess I can plug that Jane Silent Bob reboot is on Amazon Prime, and I helped make it. But that's you helped cool. make Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. On Amazon Prime. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Kevin's cool. Jay's cool. Jay's great. Jay's funny. God, I love that first movie. Yeah. Yeah, that first one. It, I mean, the movies. second one is the same exact movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> All their that. movies are good as fuck, though. The only one I didn't like was Dogma, but. I like all their other ones. The one everybody likes. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I'll circle know. back though. Everyone gonna, loves you, dogma. You got me thinking on what my teen dramas are, and I I'm gonna brainstorm that for the next couple of days. Don't be. Just write into vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com or vicariouslivingpodcast. Slide into our DMs on Instagram and I give will. us your give I'll us, slide into, slide give into us any teen art. <laughs> Do it. There thanks, Bree. Yeah. Thanks for giving me a take love talking about that shit oh fuck yeah (laughs) okay so we're at least heading let's start heading down the hill no yeah so what happens is things start going awry he was having a great relationship he was excelling in in uh in the league in the cape cod league but dude real life happened tenley's dad fucking made him break up they do break up with this clip here it is pressuring me my father is pushing me to go to san francisco i just i just wanted to do nothing for the summer yeah and i'm the nothing you picked ryan listen to me no let's just go back to i'm the guy who cut your father's grass everybody's more comfortable that way she walked into that one he, totally. she, she walked into that one. I mean, she should have said him like, what I mean is, but no, you fucked up. And Ryan Dunn is going to go ape shit on you for saying that. You, yeah, you can't say like, I wanted to do nothing this summer and then have him just be like, oh, my dick is nothing. No, he screams and, and throws a tantrum. <laughs> so they break up. He also starts sucking in baseball. Like literally in every game they showed Two, two games that he was starting. Here's how it goes. He takes like a three or four hitter into the seventh or so inning. Pretty good. Yeah, solid. And, and minimal runs. It's, it's like a three or four hitter with either one or zero runs. So like a very solid seven innings. And then full self-destruct. So as everything is like, the downward spirals happening, the snowball effect of everything's, you know, he's getting broken up with, he's sucking. Everything happens. <laughs> he goes everything. <laughs> he goes and plays Hyannis and goes into the ninth, four to one lead. Very confusing game, this one was. This one was confusing. He goes into the ninth, he's got a four one lead. They just hit a three-run homer. <laughs> like I don't no, know. no, no, not three. Grand <laughs> it's a, slam. It's a grand slam. <laughs> Four. Yeah, not a hit, a grand slam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's tough. It's things are going downhill for this guy. Oh, man. At the same time, Tenley 
breaks the news to him that she's going to move to San Francisco, take a job in San Francisco. Dad wins. Tenley's dad, the MCITW winner, wins. Loses his girlfriend. This is reminding me, because I was just thinking about, again, earlier in this pod, a hero of this, of this very podcast is Bill Simmons, and he did have his final review of this movie, and I want to read some of his key highlights because a couple of them are addressed in, um, in some of the things that you were talking about. He said, these are the four most disappointing things of this entire movie in no particular order. One, the realism of the sports scenes, yeah. especially Prince's mound antics and the lack of hardcore baseball game scenes. That was his first and foremost, his most disappointing as a sports guy was how bad the sports scenes were. They showed one killer play where the center fielder literally jumps over like a five foot fence. Yeah. So that was one Bill Simmons, his uh, second most disappointing thing to him, the God awful ending, which we will get to. The ending is one of the biggest atrocities (laughs) I've ever seen in film. He's like three. The fact that the producers advertise this as a sports movie when it's, so clearly not it's just a rowdy romantic comedy is it a romantic comedy is it a family drama is it hinting at sports nothing no and then the fourth one he said there was enough good stuff in here that it could have been a quality sports movie but it wasn't (laughs) that was his point yeah so anyways (laughs) i just wanted to read the bill simmons takeaways because we're not off base here by our critique of this movie and the rotten tomatoes people at giving it an eight percent are not off base. Like everyone kind of felt the same thing with this movie. Um, okay. Ending though, (laughs) fucking van lemur, uh, Ryan Phillippe nominee number, number four, he burns down the press box as you aforementioned. Now he's out. So, it's on FPJ to start the final game. Now well, the scouts are there. They're expecting Van Lemer to pitch because he's the big shot, but they get FPJ. Yeah. It's like second best. But like you said, the scouts are all there. So I also want to bring it back to his fucking brother. I want to play a clip of his brother fucking getting him jack cityed for this final game. Here it oh, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit your spots. Don't try to blow fastballs by every guy that gets in the box. But I can throw away over 90. Everybody in the minor league system can throw 90 plus. So what? When's the last time Greg Maddox threw 95? But I want to be intimidating. Come on. Wouldn't you rather be rich? (sighs) You are so stubborn. You're just like mom. Bullheaded. You place your fastball, you throw your curve strikes. You're dangerous, Ryan. You are. You're as good as any of those guys out there. Come on. Believe in yourself. Just a great scene, dude. Mm-hmm. Like fucking taking out the trash at the bar and his brother's just like, what is my thing? And he, and he goes, you want me to tell you what your thing is? And he says, sit fucking down. Sit down. I got to tell you what your thing is. And then that's when you know it's going to get real. Big bro's going to come in and save the day. Yeah. That's why I like him. That's why I like him. You know? Because he was like, Hey, man, we get it. You know how to throw a fucking fastball. So can fucking everyone else. But like Greg Maddox, all these other guys who crushing mid-90s, dude. It's not mm-hmm. about just throwing it fast. 
you got to be able to mix it up. Throw a slider. Throw a change up. The change up is what he doesn't throw. He doesn't, he never throws the change up. No, never. And that's another thing about this thing. Like, we're hearing about his fucking, his brutal speed throughout this movie. We haven't seen him throw a baseball once. You haven't seen (laughs) it. No, there's no way. The form that I see on that mound, coming from a lefty pitcher, St. X 2006. No big deal. There is nothing. There is no power behind that ball. There's no. no way he's throwing. And at the end, he hits 96. You were wrong. That was, yeah. It's funny, too, because in some of the fun facts I read about the movie, it said uh, Freddie Prince Jr. on the film on the set of this movie actually got his pitches into the low 80s. And I was like, uh, if he was throwing in the low 80s, they would have shown a full version of his form once. Yeah. Like once. Yeah. But they quick edited that shit together like a Liam Neeson taken three movie. And so I don't think he ever actually reached like 50 miles per hour on his fucking pitches. The only stunts that were done for real was Brittany Murphy pouring beer from between her thighs. Pissing the beer into the dude's mouths. Mm-hmm. Two dudes. So, dude, here's what happens. FPJ, he gets the final game. Okay, now we get to the ending. It's the final game. And it's like, all right, he starts thinking positive thoughts, positive thoughts. That's what that's he's been a mental fucking nutcase. But that's the answer. It's just positive thoughts. Thanks I think to about brother. think Thanks about my his, brother. Yeah. Think about Tenley, like my friends, my friends, my bros. Yeah. He takes a no hitter into the ninth. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Feeling it. He's <laughs> fucking feeling the positive vibes. Positive vibes alone have gotten him a no-hitter in the biggest game, the final game, going into the ninth inning, no-hitter. His coach, his, his coach's speech from before in the film, which we all knew was going to come back, where he's like, sometimes you just feel it when everything comes into place and everything's perfect. It starts playing in the background, and you're thinking, okay, fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. Yeah, it's fucking on. It's like, totally, the coach is fucking in his ear. All the positive stuff's in his ear. And then it's like, he sees Tenley. Now, keep in mind, this guy is, he's two outs away from a no-hitter. He's in the top of the ninth. There's one out. And he sees Tenley leave because guess what? Fortuitously, her fucking flight is flying to San Francisco at that exact moment of Weird the game. Weird time to fly out. Weird time to fly out. <laughs> yeah. Weird time. But she wanted to stop by. She wanted to stop by just to give him one look. Which, by the way, such a fuck you move by her. Terrible, terrible move. It's like, hey, bitch, uh, don't need this right now. No, no. Uh, the breakup fair. hurt enough? <laughs> <laughs> this game is everything right now, and you're, you're going to pull this bullshit. The breakup was brutal, and I've been like just pretty aggressively depressed about it and now like in my one little like good moment that i have i'm throwing a no hitter and i could potentially get to the you know mlb one last little fuck you by you before you go to the airport thank you and she looks beautiful she looks so beautiful in this (sighs) she looks so good and then the most unrealistic ending of all time he calls everyone to the fucking mound the the uh the catcher the coach the fucking infield you just keep saying, like, I got to go. I love her. I love her. I love her. (laughs) Somehow, no one's pissed. The coach is just like, 
you got to do what you got to do, my man. It's just like, <laughs> what? Everyone's cool? <laughs> Go get that girl. Go get that girl. <laughs> girl. So he leaves. He leaves the game two, two fucking outs away from a, a no-hitter. Leaves. Goes to the airport. Drives to the airport. On the tarmac. Straight onto the <laughs> runway. He's like, he, he, li- he lists this big soliloquy. He's like, we need to be together. Like, fucking, I was just, you know, pitching the game of my life. I don't care. Yeah, what you say? By the way, it was the most out of- weirdest thing in this scene. Let me just play this scene. See if you notice the little things she says and how out of place this is in this final scene at the tarmac. Here it is. I love you. I love you. Look, I need to know we're going to be together. Please. Don't go to San Francisco. I don't want to go to San Francisco. Then stay. You can go back to school. I delivered and there's a pop-up. What happened with the op? The no-hitter. Alan's under it. It's all over. You I found it. I just pitched the game of my life. Let's be together. I just pitched the game of my life. Let's be together. I just pitched the game of my life. Let's be together. <laughs> Let's be together. Let's be together. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. The fuck was that writing? First thing that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind. You could tell she felt it too. The actors felt it. They were like, what? <laughs> Let's be together. What? Oh no! That's oh, your no. one moment. Let's be together. It's the film's one moment. Like we've been waiting for this the whole fucking movie. Oh, let's for... be together. Let's be together. <laughs> it's just like yeah. Okay. It was just he just said I just had the game of my life, and she just goes, "Oh, that's great. Let's be together." <laughs> He's like, "No, no, no. I was talking about the game I just pitched." Yeah. This. Like, what the fuck is your yeah no anyways i was in the yeah no hitter and uh yeah okay who cares let's be together no i'm saying i'm going pro like i'm going to the phillies right let's be together (laughs) so um wild ending wild and to top it all off his entire family stampedes the fucking tarmac too they follow up in in follow-up cars gotta bring them and they've brought a baseball scout with them Brian Cox. Brian Cox from Scrubs. (laughs) And he's just like, hey, yeah, I know you just bailed on this no fucking hitter and left your team high and dry, but I've seen enough. I want to offer you 50K to fucking go to the Phillies. And here comes dad once again with the fucking juice. Dude, yeah, I know. So much juice. 75. Yeah, I'll take 75, Brian Cox. Yeah. So that's it. That's how the movie ends. <laughs> I mean, it's a happy ending, goddammit. And I, I, I will give it that. Yeah. It's a happy ending. It's just, yeah, it's got to be in the top five just weirdest endings I've ever seen in a movie. It may have actually been the death of the classic rom- rom-com. Like it may have, or the, or the sports rom-com. It may have been the end. And now we moved on to like the more self-aware rom-coms that we have today. I think you're right. That was 2000. Yeah. So they drew the line. They were like, okay, yeah. this fucking sucks. <laughs> this fucking sucks. 
It's not good. This movie's really bad. It's uh, it's eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I guess this is it. This is the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all right, before we get into that, your MVP of this movie though, there's two. There's what the hell, Halligan? <laughs> oh, hold on. Come on, Bubs. It's my dog. Uh, it's it's oh, actually uh, thunder. It, it's uh, thunderstorming out, so he uh, he was scratching. Good boy. He's scared as fuck. Okay, so there's one more thing I just want to do. I wrote down because I was just there was a couple unnecessary plot lines in this movie. Yeah. And by the way, th- this this is all about to end, dude. So don't worry. Like we're we're about to wrap this up. I'm having the time of my fucking life. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the most unnecessary plot lines of this movie. I wrote down two. One, the the guy who is the fat fetish. Why was that needed? Dude, it was so tangential. It was so far from, yeah, yeah. Let's just play a clip of it, the end of this movie. It leads to this big, long thing that he has to say at the end of this movie. Here it is. That's it. Hey, you know what? I got something to say. Hey, listen up. Excuse me. Everybody's attention for one minute. My name's Miles Dalrymple. And I am tired of living a lie. I needed to be known that I like a big girl. In fact, a large, zoftig, voluptuous, full-figured, big bone, massive assive honey. Oh, that is what really gets me going. I like fat women, and they like me. Anybody got a problem with that? Anybody? Big girls need love too, baby. Yes. Dude. Man, I felt it, man. Maybe I was a little stoned, but I felt that speech. <laughs> so unnecessary. <laughs> and then the other thing I wrote, uh, most unnecessary plot lines, Tenley's younger sister, who's like the Chatamay's mascot, yeah, doing nothing for me. No, you know, and I want to give it to that little girl because she did a great job being just super cute, but like there was no place for her in this film. <laughs> no. And she knew it. They, everyone knew it. Everyone knew it. There's yeah. no place for her. any other unnecessary plot lines or do you just want to get into your MVP? Oh, it's funny. No, in reference to that girl, I wrote down one note, one line that cracked me up. It's uh, some guy yells, hey, fish girl, get out of here. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking solid. <laughs> he calls her fish girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but MVPs, man. Um, yeah, dude. MVP. And just before you give it, this is brought to you by the fine industry of Japanese denim. Mike, I hope you have Japanese denim. You get it. You get it from Banana Republic. It's the fucking finest denim on this planet. And as we say on this podcast, because the entire industry of Japanese denim is a sponsor of this very pod. We like to say Japanese made podcaster approved. Okay, go ahead with your MVP. It's funny because I, I had my own MVP coming into this podcast and that was going to be Matthew Lillard's character of Billy Brubaker because uh, the man has an incredibly wonderful character arc through the film. He quits, he comes back, he starts hooking up with Brittany Murphy, gets his mouth pissed in, breaks yep. his his dry spell, but after talking about it, I gotta go with my main man since he didn't get the Ryan Phillippe Practice Hero Award 
I got to go with Flash McBurn. <laughs> yes. Dude, he's so symbolic. He's Dude, so, he he's is this top. movie. Yeah, he's everything. And that also, unprecedented, has never happened on the pod where a guy who, by the skin of his teeth, he doesn't win the Ryan Phillippe Practice Year Award because it's snaked by the lead character in this movie, <laughs> Ryan <laughs> And fucking, what's his name? McFlash? What's his name? Oh, Flash McBurn. That's what I'm calling him, yeah. Flash McBurn. Fucking get... I would so much rather him get the MVP than Matthew Lillard because, dude, that guy... He deserves it. Every time he was on the screen, I watched this movie today, and every time he came on, I was excited. That says more about you than him, I think. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, isn't that the true definition of an MVP? Like every time he's on the screen, I'm like, what's he going to do? What's yeah. he fucking going to do? Yeah. He, he was a, he was a wild card for sure. And, and let me say, you know how they burnt th- that stand down. They burnt that stand down. He literally lights a pack of matches oh. and then just drops it on the fucking floor. I know <laughs> for a guy who loves fire as much as he does. Like, damn. He doesn't yeah. get fire. He doesn't understand <laughs> he doesn't, how it works. Like, oh, shit, we dropped the matchbook. Well, just leave it in the hay. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Tough yeah. uh, tough look for Flash McBurn, but I'm glad he's getting MVPs. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, satisfied that he's getting MVP on this pod. Anything else? Is that wrap it? Hey, brother, I'm just happy to be here, and uh, I love Vicarious Living, and I love you. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, hey, love you too. I don't want to not say love you too. If you're saying love yous, <laughs> that's a good thing. That's yes, a good. I want to be that guy that just said thank you. Thank you yeah. so much for that, dude. Mike, thanks for coming on. This was a blast. I don't even care that this movie was eight percent. It felt right watching it. You know, it did, man. It did. I, I hope we can do this again in the future with more terrible films. Fuck yeah, we <laughs> will do Pathfinder. I'm down. <laughs> All right, dude. But what we will say is tonight, kids, thanks for coming along for this journey for Mike, our LA celebrity friend. He appreciates it. We appreciate it. But for tonight, while the thunderstorms are happening, kids, we need to tell you, you tuck on in, you sleep tight. You have a really good night's sleep, kids. And as we say on this podcast, our sign off, clear eyes, full hearts, do less, kids. Do way less. Terrorists, tectonic shifts, it's not safe here for these kids. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.